Hello everyone, welcome to Adoption Adventures. Hope your week is starting well. I know that mine is because the sun is out, which means my smile is out. Um, so today I'm really, really lucky. I'm joined by a guest, which means that you're really lucky because it means you've not got just my voice. So what a win for all. Um, I'm joined by Charlotte. Hello, Charlotte. Hi. Um, so I'm going to let Charlotte introduce herself. Um, we... We found each other on Instagram and um, and I'm going to let Charlotte introduce herself and we'll discuss what we were discussing and see where, where our conversation goes. So over to you, Charlotte. Thank you. So, yes, I'm Charlotte. I'm a crazy cat lover and a tea obsessed person. Nice. Um, and I am a birth mum. Fantastic. Fantastic. Excellent. And um, so we got we got chatting. Um, it was, I think it was last week because we were talking about um, the episode that I released on contact and keeping in yeah. touch and sort of the language surrounding all of that. Um, and am I right in thinking that you'd been in a position where you was actually talking at government level at this? Yes, just last week. Fantastic. Tell me everything. I, I want to know everything, <laughs> Charlotte. <laughs> so um, I... It's really weird because my contact used to be just letterbox yep. until lockdown happened. And then I was in hospital and I received a message from our son's adoptive mum mm. saying, oh, my God, I only got the first line of the of the message. It was like, hi, Charlotte, it's Kerry. I'm so sorry. So obviously, as a birth mum, that's only had letterbox. Yeah. We met just before lockdown because through my work, I had actually become aware of their location right okay okay um I was never deemed a risk um but obviously I had undenied about telling the people that were doing our uh, our letters because obviously I didn't know if it was going to jeopardize it or not yeah. but I told them and we met but luckily all behind the scenes she had already been talking with them about opening direct contact wow um so yeah um that all that's all brilliant yep <laughs> um and then obviously I'm using my education to work with Bernardo's who done our letterbox contact mm. to help change the way letterbox contact is managed yeah from wording from how it's supportive of like families forever families the children the the birth relatives um and yeah we had a conversation that we couldn't get into parliament directly that day because the tube strikes the <laughs> confidence vote it was so every we all done it via laptops and Zoom and everything. Yeah. But yeah, we're having those high level conversations. There is a review of the Children's and Families Act 2014 currently underway. Okay. Specifically looking at contact and certain requirements that uh, pre-approved adopters might have to go through. Yeah. 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 That just for the listeners at home, there's there's a pause because one of the crazy cat ladies, crazy cats, has just uh, joined the crazy cat. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, I've only got one. How can you call yourself a crazy cat lady with only one? That's ridiculous. I because, well, his I, toys I no confidence in your name. <laughs> He's got so many toys. He gets a new toy every week. He has fresh. Like deli type meats. I'm yeah. 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 I get it. <laughs> um okay, so so they're they're meeting to discuss sort of changes, changing in policies and changing in terminology as well. 
Um, yeah, uh, uh, we we looked. The group I was in looked at terminology. Yeah. Looked at how birth family experiences influence how they get their contact, but also mm. there was a lot of stories where, for whatever reason, contacts just stopped. Yep. Um, and at the end of the day, yes, it may be disheartening for the birth parent. It's actually the child involved in this yep. that is going to suffer at the end of the day through not having that contact. I, I could not agree with you more. Um, I'm not sure if you had a chance to listen to the episode that I released, but it, it, it that that mirrors what I'm thinking and what I'm promoting when I get to deliver my training what I what I work really hard to do is to re-emphasize it's not about you it's actually not about you at all it is about our children and how they feel and and sometimes it can be really hard like um, a lot of the language that we had from the feedback that I was getting from adopters was when birth families aren't writing back the the struggles that that can cause and the difficulties yeah. that that can cause for their children so I do get it um I really do I understand it must be with we're really fortunate that little dude's mum is really good she keeps up with the letters um as is now email um mm-hmm. but she she did stop at one point um yeah. and that and that was not scary but it was sort of a bit worrying for us as a family in as much as how do we manage this what do we do um what is best and as a family we said well actually what what we think is best for little dude is if we work hard to keep that conversation going we build on that conversation um and we sort of reach out to her even more and just say hey we are still here when you are ready we are we are here for you you know yeah um so i i do see it as a challenge what so when you were in in these conversations um sorry i've got someone at my door no worries no worries so when you were in these conversations with with everyone and you were talking about the terminology what what sort of language did people kind of move towards um the, the whole idea around the idea of it being called, being called letterbox contact, mm. the idea of the word contact came up as it, yeah. it felt almost like it had to be official. It yeah. had to be this official thing that was done. Um, there wasn't really much around the discussion of what it should be, mm. but more around like, it shouldn't be called contact. It shouldn't yeah. be called like consented contact. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, it needs to be family friendly for both. It needs to be recovery focused from a birth parent's perspective. Um, but it also needs to be inclusive of the child as the child grows up. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Can imagine them at 17, 18 getting ready for like, like a transition in terms of like what, the contact normally should be or is mm. um yeah it's it was a it was a quite a <laughs> yeah interesting it was one one, isn't it yeah yeah i um so i i spoke with little dude about this about sort of because he's now he's coming up to 17 years old so i spoke to him the other day about terminology and there was discussion around whether it should be changed to something like keeping in touch keeping in contact contact um and 
and he's he's sort of thought process it was interesting really he kind of said hey do you know what the word contact works for me he said because it's it's very um cut and dry it's very to the point it is it, it does what it says yeah um so which I got I understood what he was saying but what I think it does because it's I think it's this double-edged sword and I, I, I'd like to see what you think because I think by having the term contact it's official and it feels very official and very um sort of I don't know very strict and all emotion yeah. is taken out of it it is process driven uh-huh. which works in as much as it makes people go hey this is something I've got to do the problem I think yeah. it has is it then takes emotion away from it and I think it's quite an emotional experience so I think it's like that double-edged sword of, of potentially upsetting things and making it seem more scary for people yeah um yeah like I can, yeah yeah so if you don't mind me asking, um, you said that yours started with uh, letterbox contact. Yes, um, it did. And so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some questions, and if I trail into something that you don't want to talk about, we're all good. You just tell me, piddle mm-hmm. off. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, so when it started, was that? Um, sort of once twice a year was it more less or so it was set up to be once a year Mm -hmm. I would receive my letter first in July August and then I would have September October to reply yep I could the so obviously I didn't know the adopters until I actually met them Um, Mm. I asked to meet them I wanted to meet them and one of the first things I actually said to them was thank you for looking after our son Mm. I've always like Jay, yeah. it's it's always been our son. Yeah. Um, I'll just use abbreviations for his name, like Jay. Yeah. Um, so it was set up. They were going to send nondescript photos, so it would never be his face. It might be a bit of a distance. Yeah. No locating yeah. factors. I could receive cards, and then anything else they deemed appropriate at the time. Okay. My response would be a letter. I could send photos. I could send a script photos. I could send location yep. awareness photos. Um, and I could send cards. Mm. So I would send his birthday card, or like a Christmas card at the same time mm. that I would be sending my letterbox contact off. Yeah. And the first time I got one back, I got his settling in letter. Mm. Uh, actually, like three days before I met them. Um, which was it was quite nice it was yeah it made me feel even more confident in his parents oh that's good um and then yeah the first letterbox I got I didn't actually get it directly through my letterbox I Bernardo's contacted me and said look the letters come in do you want support with this okay um and I did <laughs> and yeah about 70 to 100 photos oh wow they oh they sent everything <laughs> yeah oh crikey I know. Oh, I I've got a special photo album where every photo they sent, I've put in a special photo album. Mm, it's, that's lovely. It's great. I can't wait to share it with him when he's seen it. He has seen it. Um, obviously, our arrangement's different now. I don't get photos because I can see them on social media. She shares with them directly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is slightly different, but obviously, I still 
like the ones she sends me, I still print them out or put them in a photo album. Yeah. But it's, uh, see, and I think it's that, isn't it? And how how much nicer that is for everyone. Um, so like we were writing letters to little dude's mum and and it was it was fine and we were in, including a load of photos we were asked to write twice a year and we ended up writing sort of like five six times a year and including wow. about 10 photos each time um and just going hey this is a new bombardment of, of photos of him <laughs> um and it, it it was going really really well um but we got to the point and i said this is so formal and so sort of static and, and stoic that I, I just I felt like it was really really challenging to actually build a rapport and a relationship because it always uh-huh. it always felt like we were under the careful watchful eye of social services and I think that they needed to be there they needed to be there to make everyone feel safe yeah but we got to the point where it was like actually we feel okay we feel all right um and then when we moved over to emails it's it's so much nicer um <laughs> you know it, his his mum and I we email each other probably it's like it, I think it's about every other week we drop oh, each wow. other an email and just say oh how's it going what's with this but it's just one line here and there um yeah you know, he's <laughs> almost 17 so getting a photo of him these days is a nightmare (laughs) (laughs) and I said to her I said look it's not that I don't want to show you photos it's he will not look at the camera (laughs) brilliant um but again like she she came back recently and said oh you know I've got a couple of questions but I'm really worried I don't I don't want to upset or offend you can I check this out and it was really lovely that and she said, I didn't feel like I could ask these sort of questions when yeah. social services had their watchful eyes over it. Nothing that she asked was inappropriate. Like it, mm-hmm. I, her latest, the, the question that she wanted to talk, talk about was, does little dude know why he was adopted? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a massive question, a really, yeah. really massive question. And to begin with, I felt out of my depth answering it because I thought, oh, I don't know who's going to look after you when you get this response and how yeah. you're going to feel with that response. But again, I then sort of took some time and said, Hey, I can tell you what we know, but it's going to be in a written format and it probably won't read particularly nicely. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this? Are you okay? So again, we're building that relationship and I would love to hear more adopters being able to do that with first families and 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 building that relationship because it's all about the the kids isn't it yeah oh i i wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree mm, yeah and you said son didn't you did yes. you say um so does he get involved at all um with sort of keeping in touch with with yourself or is it mainly the the adopters yeah I've I've woken up to um like Facebook messenger ringing I'm like <laughs> oh okay thinking it's his mum I'm like no it's him at like five o'clock I'm like, oh, okay where's mummy <laughs> like, does she on? know you're on this <laughs> like where's mummy <laughs> like, okay, yeah so there has been have been a couple of times where I've had that um uh, okay the way awesome. his mum's done it with him was that he grew in my tummy, mm-hmm. but he grew in his mum's heart. 
Yeah, beautiful. So he knows that he was adopted. He mm-hmm. knows that he was living with a foster family. Yeah. And then he knows yeah. that his mum adopted him. Mm. Yeah. So he is. She does teach him, obviously, age appropriateness. Of course. And obviously, yep. as he as he grows and gets older, we'll have these conversations with him. I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you see, that's that's wonderful, isn't it? Because again, you're a part of the narrative, um, and it means that everyone's talking about that. Um, which means for for him, because we we talk a lot um, about how for some of our children they can feel almost a split loyalty you know if mm-hmm. if if one day he woke up and was like oh I really miss I don't know how you're referred to but let's just say mummy Charlotte mm-hmm. he's got to be allowed to feel that without yeah feeling that he can't upset his adoptive mum and trying to find that balance so with all of you talking and all of you being that open that's got to make him feel so much more settled and comfortable and unable yeah. to grow, right? Yeah, I mean, I am referred to as Charlotte or birth mum Charlotte. Yep. Um, because when I had when I met with Kerry um, just after he was placed with them, um, I did say I don't like the word tummy mummy. Yeah, yeah. For me, that felt like that was all I was ever going to be good for was carrying a child. Mm-hmm. Like, loved him with all my heart, but all I was used for was the process of pregnancy yeah yeah um and luckily carrie the way that she's explained to me she felt very similar yeah um so that's really cool yeah (laughs) it's i think it sounds like you've um you've worked really hard at building that relationship there with with carrie um and it sounds it, it sounds like she's meeting you there as well which is how it works well it it does I mean when when the judge made the decision obviously I was heartbroken because mm. I, tr- I had tried my best of course but then I knew that he's going to get the permanency that I could not give him he's going to have a mum and dad or a mum and mum however they was they were going to find a family for him um and I knew then right I had to meet them and I had to thank them because at the end of the day I was still trying to put him first yeah. and no matter what those conversations, the relationship with whoever this family was going to be, I knew that I had to be open to them mm. because they could come because I've got health conditions that can, that are genetic issued. Um, I'm so sorry. That's all right. <laughs> um, I knew that if there were questions that were going to come up, I had to be open. I had to be, because mm. it wouldn't have been fair on our son. It wouldn't be fair on Jay. Yeah. Um, so I had to trust them. And like I said, the first thing I said to her when she walked in the room was, thank you for looking after our son. Yeah. Which must have... I'll never forget. <laughs> and I, I can't imagine that, that she would. I can't imagine that she'd forget that for a, not even for a second, um, because that would be quite a powerful... It's just, it is. It's a simple sentence. But I can see now from like a kind of professional kind of point of view is a statement mm. of like, I'm not angry with you. I don't judge you. I was worried about them judging me because I didn't know what they read on that piece of paper. No, no. Um, and sorry. and it, it's, again, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Like um, when I, so when I meet prospective adopters, I meet them quite early in their sort of 
adoption journey mm-hmm. and you you meet quite a mixed bag um you you meet some people that have that are in a really positive frame of mind about contact and saying hey if it can work I want this to work and actually that's changed quite a lot over the years that's the vast majority yeah but you still meet a couple of adopters who are if I use the term struggling they're struggling because they're like right I can't understand it I can't understand what happened to get you from A to B mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily feel like they're judging but I do feel like they're struggling and they're struggling to put it in a box and we often talk and we say you know if you if you were to meet some birth parents you'd identify quite quickly that they are not two-headed monsters (laughs) (laughs) they are not people that that deserve judgment or your anger or anything like that actually for the vast majority of the time it's circumstances that have sometimes been out of their hands sometimes not um but actually no one ever sets out or i'd say 99.9 percent of the time people aren't setting out to be bad parents or get something wrong or do something wrong instead something happens doesn't it um and it's very important, like you say, you know, that that we as adopters aren't sitting there trying to, to judge birth parents or because we've never walked a second in your shoes. We've never lived your life, have we? So it's impossible for us to know what what life must have been like for you. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's interesting as well, like how you felt and you were worried about what they would have read and how they would have felt about you beforehand and mm. We talk about there being this power imbalance in contact that adopters yep. have all of the power or it must feel that way um, that they have all of the power if they say hey i'm not going to write anymore it's really difficult to to then take steps and actions isn't it yeah because obviously there's nothing as birth parents we can do i know mm. another birth parent who was having quite regular once a year contact and it stopped they can't work out why they can't get a hold of the adopters to find out what's going on. It's absolutely breaking mm. this it, And I feel sorry for her son that's in, involved in all this because obviously he's not getting that contact, that communication. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that that must be very scary for for that mum because we always talk about the unknowns and how the unknown is more scary than anything yeah Um, do you you think in that situation let's let's say hypothetically we got into this situation so let's look at that scenario and say the adopters got to this point where each time that they were getting a letter or having that sort of conversation their child was really struggling and going and wobbly for a long time they went on an emotional roller coaster do you think if the adopters were in that position and they were feeling that, do you think if they said, hey, let's write a letter to the birth parents and say, this is what's happening at the moment. It's causing us a lot of difficulties. Mm-hmm. Could we change what we're doing here for their benefit? Do you think that that might have helped this this mum that you was working with? or Most likely, yeah. 
because again um, it's it's an understanding of what's going on I guess yeah because I think when I don't want to say like you lose your child because we go through a grieving process yeah and it's really weird because nobody's actually died yeah we're grieving the loss of a life that we could have been involved with yeah we could have helped champion their life and we still I mean even if I've not actually spoken to our son's mum today but I'm still thinking is he okay is she okay yeah like all throughout COVID like before I my contact changed I was constantly thinking are they okay are they keeping safe and the worry that it put on me obviously they were going through a lot of stuff too hence why she made the step to contact me directly for this other birth mum I think yeah if the adopters were to just say look things aren't quite going well or we're having issues with this can we readjust mm. um I think it would help her a lot because she is struggling she's constantly again with the questions is it is her son okay um mm. is it something to do with school is it something like is it a health condition that's like potentially genetic yeah it's and we never stop thinking about our children no we never stop thinking about them no and and I, I've had those conversations before because, so I've got, got another interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I was talking to somebody, um, to an adopter and they were a couple of years into their journey and they said, oh, I never hear from the birth mum at Christmas or their birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be really nice if they actually sent a card or something at Christmas or birthday mm-hmm. and I said um I said hey you know I, I I hear what you're saying couple of things there have you asked them or told them that you'd be okay with that have you let them know that if they would like to because obviously their their agreement is that they'll write twice a year yeah. Have you let them know that it could be increased to four times a year, including those two times? And I was like, no. Was like, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's a difficulty. Mm. Yeah. The um the other thing as well is I said, well, how difficult must it be at Christmas and birthdays? Yeah. You know, how how much pain must that cause for them at that time? Yeah. Now, I, I don't know. I, I actually, but like you say, birth families are always thinking those times yeah. have got to be, they've got to be a challenging time for everyone, right? Yeah. I mean, with Bernardo's who were doing our letter box. They actually make it so your letterbox isn't sent around Christmas, birthdays, Easter, because it can be quite a, a triggering yeah. time. I mean, I know on his, on his birthday when I was having letterbox contact, I couldn't do anything other than rearrange furniture. Whereas I know some birth parents will release balloons or they'll yeah. go to a spot where they used to go. Um, everyone's different. And it is yeah. a hard day because it's... Yeah, yeah, it's a... It, I I can't I can't begin to imagine what what that time must be like, um, and 
I, I consider my sort of one of my goals uh, with the podcast and the other work that I do is to is to help bridge some of those gaps and yeah. make make adopters see it from other perspective and and sort of hear from your view, which is which is awesome. Um, yeah, I know my local authority when they do the adopter training, they they have birth parents go in and speak to those going through the adoption training mm. um, so that they can hear directly. Yeah. I've not been involved with it myself, but a few people that I know are involved with it. And they say that they've had like potential adopters come through and say, oh, just speaking to them has changed the outlook that they've had, the perspective that they've had on contact, on mm. how they're going to talk to their child about birth families. Yeah. Absolutely. We, um, I, I know that we, we don't have them in the room, but there's a, an interview with, with free birth mums um, that we're mm -hmm. able to sort of show um, again, just to help put a different perspective on things. Um, yeah. And it does, it does definitely help. It does definitely sort of help people to see a, a different way of looking through, through things, which I think is, is really important. Yeah. Um, so Tell me about the. I'm I'm aware of time, so <laughs> tell me about the 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 work that you're you're doing. What? <laughs> so I'm doing. Sorry, I'm doing a multi mixture of bit of work. I've um I've done I've done other podcasts. I've done blogs. I I have my own blog page where I'm purely writing about my view as a birth parent, as a birth yep. mom. Um. What before you move on? Don't you don't, don't move on. What's the blog page? How do we find that? Um, so I call it uh, "Speak Up: A, a Birth Mother's Voice." Nice. Um, I, I've done a couple already on like birth, uh, like letterbox contact, goodbye contact. Recently, a new blog, mm. um, and then when my first blog, I called it "Dealt a Bad Hand." yeah um it was just about like my experience of like going like mental health issues and everything that led up to everything yeah um yeah so that's so kind of sporadic with how i do blogs yeah um i'm working with bernardo's in my local authority to help uh, like team in mm. what can be done to like help with adoptive training I've also been using my education. So my undergraduate degree, I'd done my dissertation on uh, birth mother voices wow. um, and how it impacts post-adoption contacts. I'm now using my master's to build a set of uh, like guidebooks mm. for birth parents. So like, guide, like a birth parent's guide to lack reviews, a birth parent's yeah. guide to post-adoption contact letterbox contact direct contact or just everything and I've, I've been really fortunate enough to get a group through Bernardo's that are gonna let me speak and run a session in September to try and get a Fantastic. bit of feedback from birth parents birth aunts uncles sisters mm. brothers just to know what can go in it because my experience is my experience it's not somebody else's so absolutely it's yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome no it's fantastic that's absolutely fantastic it's um and I guess that's the important thing isn't it is get the message out there get people talking yeah. you know it's let's... a conversation starter yeah and those conversations are important to have 
yeah absolutely let's let's remove some stigmas let's get people talking um and and get people to understand it a little bit more um yeah. and so if you were if you were going to give one top tip to adopters when it comes to any form of contact that they have what what do you mm -hmm. think your top tip would be it's not about you as an adopter. It's not about the birth parent as birth parent. It's about the child that you are sharing your hearts over. Nice. Perfect <laughs> tip. Perfect tip. Um, amazing. Well, look, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it to a close there because uh, I'm mm -hmm. aware of aware of time. Um, and uh, yeah, do you know what? I think I think the work that you're doing is really important. I think it's incredible, and I think. I think a lot of people that are listening today will will appreciate where you're coming from and and I'm hoping it might also open some some sort of doors to further conversations. Um, yeah. Where I mean I'll I'll try and put the the links as well and um, perhaps you can drop me an email of all of the links but where where can people find you if you've got like a a social media page that people can find you on? Um, I've got my basic social media, which is just my name, and it's me, blonde hair with a bit of blue, normally a cat in the picture. <laughs> um, I'm open on all my social media, also Fantastic. known as Lottie. Right. Um, my email, uh, not my email, my uh, blog page is called Speaking Up, A Birth Mother's Voice. Nice. Um, awesome. It's got a nice picture of a letterbox. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, what I'll do... Um, I'll, I'll make sure that there's a, a link to all of that in um, in the blurb of this episode so everyone can find you. Um, Sounds good. But Thank yeah, you. there's every possibility that I'm going to be inundated with questions and might might insist on having you back on so as I can talk again. <laughs> Not a problem. Happy to, happy to be invited and thank you. It's a pleasure. Um, so yeah, on behalf of me and all of the listeners, thank you so much for, for listening. Um, guys, I hope you found that useful i know i did um and I'm, I'm hoping it's given us all more to think about so until next week thanks ever so much bye